Beyond Synth, Season 7, Sequence Commencing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Don't preach. All right. Fuck you. All right. It's time for a spooky <laughs> Halloween episode of Beyond Synth. That's as Halloween as it's going to get, by the way, because I haven't actually planned anything. Not if I talk like this for the rest of the episode. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Listen, my name's Andy Last. This is Beyond Synth, and I am joined this week. <laughs> my name's Andy Last, and I'm here to say <laughs> I'm the, talking Halloween way. By the I Listen, I'm joined by the Beyond Synth family. Ooh, there's a Marco Merrick. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> There's a Mike Mendoza. Blah, Andy Last, Tokyo 2020. <laughs> I can't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I stole the damn goal. And <laughs> this is Florence Bullock. Hi. Oh, boo. You give me <laughs> so a boo. <laughs> no, I, Andy, do it again. Florence. Get your goddamn shit together. What are you talking about? I always do that, and every time always. you all laugh, so I did it again. Go back and listen to them. I clearly am not laughing along with the rest of these jagoffs. Come here, jagoffs. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. All right, Florence, give me a nice Florence Bullock. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's doubling down. Okay. Listen, Halloween is a time of spooky charms and silhouettes. <laughs> Spooky charms (laughs) Get your Halloween spooky charms at Pandora Listen man, alright, goblins, skeletons I was thinking more like Lucky Charms Is that a cereal? Are we talking about cereal? Is there a spooky charms? There's a fucking chocula There should be, but it's kind of off brand for Lucky Charms though To do that, I feel like To what, to do spooky charms? They have unicorns That's true, I've been eating a lot of that Lucky Charms is the best cereal I just found Halloween uh, Halloween Lucky Charms with spooky marshmallows. It has been done, hasn't it? Do they it? have those? I love the packaging on those things. They look so cool. Like your package. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's pretty big, huh? My yeah. Dick. <laughs> I'm still. Right, let's listen to a song. Let's get to a song. No, it's not time for a song yet. We got time. Look. Wow, that's a first. A- Andy first. I feel like you should play Thriller or something. Can you play that today? Like, that'd My be whole really cool. 2019 has been Andy first. Hey, Mike, are you available to record? Are you available to film something? Hey, Mike, are you available for me? (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Every time I breathe in, it causes me great pain. Okay, well, think about this. I I, I sent a message to you earlier because last time I was out, I was at a movie. I was watching Hobbs and Shaw, and, like, I put my phone on silent, but, like, the media volume was up, and so I guess the Facebook messenger call was up, and in the movie it was like... And like oh, she, my girlfriend was like, "Is that fucking Andy?" <laughs> <laughs> and so this time I was, I was like, "I'm gonna tell Andy, I'm gonna be out all day," kind of implying, "Don't fucking call me because I'm going to a movie and I don't want to be interrupted." Well, you could have just said that. No, nah, I like to be a little passive. Because if you just said like, "Hey, don't message me," 
I'm busy right now, then I wouldn't. But if someone says like, hey, uh, you know, uh, talk to you later. Sometimes if I have an idea or thought, I'd need to get it out. So I just like, okay, I'll leave this idea here and then we'll discuss it later. That's true. I'm assuming that's where the story is going. Yeah. So two months. To, I'm, I'm still learning. We're learning. We're le- it's Andy first, 2019. We're going to get this. <laughs> Andy first and you're last. That's right. <laughs> Listen, you are a um, important and integral cog in the machine. I'm just glad Andy doesn't call me anymore because he used to do that to me all the time when I was in Australia. <laughs> Four or five in the morning, he just calls me on Skype. And I, I mean, I'm, I forget to shut off Skype or whatever, and he just rings me. I go, oh, what you the know what the conversation mean? always is? It's always, hey, you know what? I just had this idea for my... Yeah, for always. Like set. An I, idea. I, I bought this piece of cardboard, and I think I'm going to paint it, like, black, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do, like, <laughs> platinum silver. I'm not sure. There's always a reflection. So the 4K camera always, like, if there's, like, a loose hair, you can see the loose hair in the video. So, like, I got to make Listen, sure... Listen, you're a good... <laughs> Sounding board, okay? I, like, I like to tell people my <laughs> thoughts so that it feels the, the ideas become real. Okay, complaint withdrawn. I'm technically, officially your producer. The thing is, what's the bottom line? The bottom line is, see, I'm a very cerebral guy, and so I have too many <laughs> ideas all the time, and sometimes I need people just to say them at. And I guess I just need to use this opportunity to soundboard for the fans what my, like, daily experience is. <laughs> hey, we haven't talked in like a week. All right. Yeah, because you got on Discord and now you're you got all these friends on Discord. You don't fucking have time for me anymore. I feel kind of upset. What do you want, man? <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> what you're saying? Fucking don't call me. But then you're sad that I'm not calling you enough. All right, I'll ch- I'll cool off. I'm heated <laughs> because I've had a cold, so it's been hard for me to speak. So I, I'm I'm engaging a lot more in text relationships. <laughs> text relationships. Because with Florence, I'm texting with Florence all the time. I don't really text with that many people though. Like with the actual like the text text. Text with me. That's what did you just say? <laughs> he texted with me. Oh, your voice cut out. I just, I can't laugh. You can't I'm just laugh. Like, Don't I'm laugh, like, Andy. I'm like, uh, oh, I text with Florence, and all I hear is your voice come in. X with me. Text <laughs> with me. Come on, Andy. <laughs> Since I don't really have, like, a good data plan, so I can't do, like, um... Facebook text on the go, but like actual texts no. work. No data plan, no passport. That's so no, weird to no me. Car. Like, you live in a major metropolis. You don't live in that in the sticks or something. You live in like yeah. one of the top. 10 cities of the world. Yeah, I live in Stick How City. How could you not have a phone that doesn't have unlimited everything? Yeah, and a passport, too. And a passport. Yeah, I don't have either, <laughs> but fuck you. Where you live doesn't depend on what kind of cell phone you have. It's not like they hand them out when you're, like, living in a metropolis. It's just like, oh, here's your cell phone. Like, there's some guy. You're in the yeah, city like, now, kid. you what you're... <laughs> Oh, Marco. God damn it. I'm sorry. Are you okay? No, like, I'm concerned. Are you all right, man? You should have heard him coughing earlier. What? Oh, my God. Don't Andy make me sounded laugh. like he was going to die. Mm. <laughs> well, it is Halloween. <laughs> Listen, let's uh, let's start listening to some music and get this fucking uh, Halloween train on the Halloween tracks. There it is. So here is a spooky little ditty. Not all these songs are spooky, by the way. I just should point that out. <laughs> Uh, here's a track from C. Thomas Howell uh, from the album Mischief Night. What are you laughing about? I love that name. C. Thomas Howell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's like Howell, like a wolf. Uh, this yeah. track is called Knock Knock <laughs> Ginger.
And that was Knock Knock Ginger by C. Thomas Howell. That's S-E-E Thomas and then Howell, like H-O-W-L, from the album Mischief Night. Isn't he an actor? He was that cool actor from the 80s, C. Thomas Howell. It's one of them puns. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I would drop cool from that sentence, but yeah, he was an actor. What? You don't think... What? That was was brought to you by my uh, awesome patrons, man, in the $88 Club, Mr. Chris Dance and Robert D. Bishop. Oh, and this is exciting. Is it like D-E, like he is a bishop? I'm Robert D. Bishop, no. Well, he technically goes by Collector, or Collector. Anyway, I was chatting with him the other day. Uh, He's an interesting guy, actually. That was a fun thing. So if you join the Beyond Synth Discord, and I'm randomly awake, I'll talk to you for like three hours, because that's what happened. Because, uh... Uh, the Discord was on. I had my mic on because I just recorded a show. I will say that I'm happy your Discord thing is working out. It's it's working out like the way I envisioned I was supposed to be doing my Discord. Like it's just like I'm not tweeting every single thought I have. But like if we want to have a, a small chat about something, or if you want me to link to something, or you know if you want to link me to a song or whatever it is, like the Discord's a place that's like it's a non-official slash official place to just interact when there's time it's going successful for you and i'm 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 happy to see that like a bunch of people have joined and people are chatting and and there's a channel if you want to post pictures of elk yeah that was the first (laughs) because people told me this like you got to make other channels and so i'm like all right and so i made one channel that was just photos of elk and then people started posting like elk photos in there and what then the I started fuck? making serious ones. No, wait, what's a serious elk post? <laughs> no, 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 I mean like I meant I mean like I made serious other channels because the elk one wasn't uh, serious. But I imagine a, okay. a thoughtful elk like in front of a chessboard. That's uh, different. That's disappointing that the elk one wasn't serious. Well, I mean, it's as serious as you want it to be, right? The world is what you make it, Florence. Just put a picture of an elk and put a, a hashtag me too. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. Let people draw their own conclusions. I should take my laughs from previous episodes and then just paste them in here, like whenever I find something funny. <laughs> you did a laugh in the last family episode a few times where, like, at, at the end of a really boisterous laugh, you we wind down with a. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Because <laughs> Marco, we were asking Marco about uh, what, um, whatever the stupid question was that Sonny Crockett sent in. Sonny Crockett, I love you. And Marco, we were like, hey, Marco, so what, what's your thing? And Marco goes, what's the question again after we had been talking about it for 20 minutes? <laughs> and you were like, <laughs> 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 it's. Uh, I, I was like, I want to take that out and remix it. Put it uh, oh, look what you've done. I've remixed your laughs before, but I feel like that in particular, um, it's really fun. It's fun. No, I agree. It's just hard for me today to enjoy the story because it makes my uh, lungs hurt. <laughs> but anyway, so I was talking to this guy, and I think... He got me excited uh, about possibly, like, helping out, and I, I might resurrect my video game pitch. So, like, remember, like, three or four years ago, I got all excited because I wanted to make the next GoldenEye, right. but I'm not a uh, I'm not a game designer, and I had all these ideas, and I'm like, I'm going to learn to do 3D animation and make, like, a pitch trailer. You're going to learn to code. <laughs> yeah, I was going to learn to code. You said that you needed several million dollars to do that, though. There's lots of hurdles, but <laughs> the point was, I, I was trying to do it all myself, and I think I may have found someone who can possibly help and is gets what the project is. And his name was Bungie Inter. Interactive. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> fucking, Thomas C. Howell. Yeah, Thomas C. Bungie. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound strange to say out loud. It already does. 
<laughs> Considering the amount of time I... awkward. You know, the, how I always talk about uh, this video game. But the thing is, I don't want to talk about Goldeneye anymore. Like, I actually... I want there to be a game that replaces it, right? It just It's just a game never did. Because first-person shooters, the ethos of them changed. There was, like, a fork in the road around, like, the early 2000s where first-person shooters changed. And then they became about regenerative health and only be able to carry two weapons and every character in the game is Master Chief <laughs> or you're playing Call of Duty and you're you're an army man and like <laughs> it, it, it's like that's what first person shooters became whereas when they were in the GoldenEye and Perfect Dark phase it was like limitless possibility like oh like the characters can be all sorts of things and you know it, and it can feel like an action movie and it's like you know all these other things and then it just became like here's what a first person shooter is you either an army man or a space marine and that's it and you have regenerative health and you can only carry two guns and all the characters look the same so without getting too much into like your actual pitch what is a good alternative to that does it have to be with the storyline like are are you upset that it has to be just an army guy or a space marine? Do you want more like just super spies? Is it the setting and the character that you... What I want is for the animations and for the assets of the game, like with the way characters look, the settings and all that stuff, to feel like the movies I love. And so that's that's like the basic premise. It's like it's still a multiplayer shooting game. It's still like, you know, you're just running around shooting at people, but it's delivering the experience that you expect from being a fan of action films. What if the game itself was built with all these skins inside and you had different licensed properties so you could choose to play the game as Beverly Hills Cop or you could yes, choose well, to play well, the game as Last Action Hero? That does sound pretty cool. You just said Beverly Hills Cop, right? I'm right now watching Beverly Hills Cop again. I know, you've been messaging me about it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm taking screenshots of the movie and saying, like, wouldn't this be cool if, like, all the customization options in the game, right? All the costumes are, like, lifted straight from the movie. So, like, you wouldn't have, like, an Eddie Murphy face, but you would have, like, generic guy, and you could pick the hair that looks like Eddie Murphy's hair, and then, like, all his outfits would be available. And then, of course, there's all the other action film characters and stuff like that. Well, I was gonna say, are you, can you also play as the other characters, like Billy Rosewood? Because in Beverly Hills Cop 2, Billy becomes fucking Rambo, and he's got all this shit in his house, and several times in the movie, they're like, hey, Billy, we gotta talk. Because of all the knives and stuff he has. The whole premise of the game is inspired by the action movies of the 80s and 90s. And it wouldn't be specifically, like, litigious stuff. Like, there wouldn't be, like, you're playing Nakatomi Plaza. But you could play as a map that, like, is an amalgamation of all the offices in action films. And you notice how when you watch a lot of 80s action movies, the henchmen have, like, a look to them. They're all wearing kind of, like, gray suits. Mm. And, like, they have, like, a white Great shirt and a tie and things. Yeah. Like, there's, there's all these... There's there's certain things when you start watching a lot of action films from the time. The German ones always seem to have um, glasses to go along with their golden blonde hair. Yes. No, no this stuff... Uh, yeah, because I'm sitting there also, like, go, flipping through Lethal Weapon 2 right now and going... What are the things I would want to see in a game? And so, because I want it to feel like a movie. And for that, there needs to be, like, henchmen and the terrorists with the ski masks and the Uzis. And, like, the weapons of, like, you know, like the snub-nosed revolver that, like, the, the vigilante cop has. Where, like, the big sparks shoot out the front and it makes, like, a big fat boom noise. It doesn't even make sense for the size of the gun. Because... 
That's what we expect. And when someone gets punched, there's a, a super, super huge boost on the low end. So it's like, pfft. like when Indiana Jones gets punched in the face, like you can feel it in the subwoofer for some well, reason. The, <laughs> no, the, the Indiana Jones punch sounds are pretty off the charts. Like, I mean, like that's <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, include that shit. So if you have your full system on with the surround sound and the subwoofer, uh, you know, when someone gets just punched in the face, just like. Like you can feel it in your goddamn knees. Yeah, no, but that's that's what's important to me is like is it's recreating that experience, but in a multiplayer setting that's fun to play. And what it takes from the games I love, like Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, is the arcade pick up and play style. So like anyone can sort of grab a controller and have fun. So it's not like Call of Duty where you're going through sub menus for two hours to like customize your loadout. It's like, hey man, you pick the head you want, you pick the jacket you want, you just jump into the game and play. And like that's, I guess, like the basic idea of this thing is. But what we have to do is make a trailer. And so I'm doing uh, research right now to come up with a design document. And basically, my research is watching all the uh, the great action films of like the 80s and 90s. Well, I was gonna say, not that this has to turn into a development session, but you could either <laughs> choose from that like the different movie set could take place as levels. So, like, one level is Beverly Hills Cop and one level is uh, Terminator and yada, yada, yada. Or you could make it some sort of open world thing. So you go into Beverly Hills Cop world or you go into Scarface world, like, as a neighborhood on the map. Yeah, you're already... Well, you're getting a little advanced here. Just imagine that this game will end up being made by a team of, like, three people. (laughs) So... So remember, we got to think fucking like realistically here. It's going to be a multi like it's going to be built outwards. But the main core thing is a multiplayer first person shooter game with the the ethos of GoldenEye, meaning that it's a party game. It's not like a take it super serious, pixel perfect headshot, teabagging garbage that like all Call of Duty is. It's like no it's meant to be. Why not? Well, because no, because that's what it's all super competitive now, and so it's like everyone's worried about their mouse and keyboard to have like pixel perfect headshots. And to me, I'm like. I just like running in a room and just firing randomly and like characters go flying around and sparks go everywhere because I want it to feel like a movie. Like, you know, it's, it, I want it to have that cinematic experience and that's all because of the sound design, level design. You got to have some titties on the stripper characters when you go into the strip club. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, like in Grand Theft Auto, that made me feel like I was really in the game when I walked into the thing, and I was like, oh, today! Mm. This is why I'm not going to be designing this game with a committee. <laughs> you won't have this game be designed by a committee! <laughs> Look, we got to listen to another song, because it's Halloween, okay? And so I have a little spooky track. No, I can't keep doing that. Uh, here's a track. <laughs> by, it's totally uh, happening, man. It's totally happening. Uh, we could keep by doing it. Brian Sangmeister, and it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters with the 8484. It's 6 mil, and with the 82, it's Mike Shima. Ooh, Halloween. And this track is called Breakdown by Brian Sangmeister.
And that was Brian Sangmeister with the track Breakdown. And that was brought to you by my awesome patrons, Jacob Wick with the 4488 and the 42. It's City Hunter. Ooh, Halloween. And I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family. We got Marco, we got Mike, we got Florence. So look, that was a big video game chunk there. So let's let's talk to Florence. How you been? I'm I'm good. I think I might be sick again, but that's, you know, don't bring that shit here. <laughs> well, um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well. My- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wear, just wear a mask. Oh no, that's cool. It's Halloween. I'll wear a mask. Yeah. You could wear um like a skull bandana over your face. Yeah. You could actually uh, get a rubber green the mask mask. Oh, now here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, sorry, what, are you done? Or- yes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I just want to hear Florence do the mask lines. Are you done? <laughs> no. Re- Florence, do it! Um, I, I don't know. Wait, what am I supposed to be doing? Do the mask lines. I don't know the mask lines. Oh. What does the dog say? I don't know. He goes... <laughs> when, the, when the dog gets his... Ma- you know, the dog gets... The, he puts his face in the mask and the dog becomes like... Inhabited by the Loki spirit There's a shot where the dog just like Right in front of the camera they're like oh the dog's got the mask Cuts the dog And it does this crazy fucking smile It's crazy That movie's bananas I've never seen that movie Yeah I saw that movie in the theater I think I saw it in theaters in Sausalito Yeah me too man Maybe you were at the same screening as me (laughs) Yeah all I remember that film was like That was the first film we ever saw like Cameron Diaz in and that's what everyone always says, you know. It's just like Cameron Diaz was like super hot. I was just gonna bring it up, but like, I was like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like say that because everyone always says that. But I know is. everyone does always say that. By the way, you seen Cameron Diaz in the mask? Like the first thing she ever did, super hot. But if you <laughs> want to see something insanely obnoxious, watch any part of the sequel. Was that the one with Jamie Kennedy? Oh, yes, that was real bad. Yeah, just, just watch any of it. It's notoriously <laughs> bad. Any of it. Yeah, like it's to me, it's the same kind of movie. That it makes me as angry as like cat in the hat i think even the picture makes me angry to see what his green the mask head looks like with the orange hair that's parted like just the picture of it just annoys the piss out of me oh yeah dude no it's the worst there's certain movies out there that are just designed to be obnoxious like visually and and uh orally and uh, that movie is like it's like being punched. It's the same as it's the same as the cat in the hat with Mike Myers. Watch even like a frame of that movie. It's that like so annoying. In, it's infuriating. Like there's just these movies where just everybody annoys you. All the kids have these big bug eyes with like really super <laughs> blue. Like they have like contact lenses in and like all the shots. And I'm super are annoyed like, by the casting of uh, Dakota. Was it Dakota Fanning as the girl and Spencer Breslin as the boy? Which is goddamn fucking shish shish shish. And I'm like, I understand, like, when characters have a lisp or something and it's cute, like Mara Wilson and Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, we're his goddamn kids, too. Damn 90s references. <laughs> but, uh, Spencer Bryson the whole time, hey, we shouldn't go out there. Mommy told us we're shish 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 And I'm like, goddamn it, Spencer Bryson, open your fucking mouth. Cat in the hat, my dick. I love that you know that kid's name. <laughs> That's a name I couldn't pull. I can pull references from, you know, like mid nineties stuff. So like when you when you mention all the stupid nineties movies you like, like <laughs> I know them because I saw them once. So like whereas you have like a whole mythology in your head built around movies like Twister and stuff. 
to me it's like to me it's like i've seen twister once like uh, you know there was a time before it was all superhero movies where those were the blockbusters where like you had to see it because everyone was talking about twister because there's that scene where a cow flies in a tornado and yeah, so, like, I personally complained. I complained on my show about um, that movie. There's no like, just twenty to thirty million dollar action B movie anymore. Like adult thrillers, like you know what lies beneath with Harrison Ford or like Virtuosity terrible. with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Like there's all these movies from the '90s that like shouldn't have ever been greenlit that we watch now. We're like, what the hell were they thinking? But those movies are not getting made nowadays. Everything nowadays are just completely safe. Um, like the math works out with the money of whatever they're doing and there's like no risks being taken and there's no weird shit coming out anymore. Yeah, the pr- the problem is I guess the, the way the budgets are, it's like because I like science fiction and I like kind of high crime things and what bugs me is it's either it's either go huge, so it's $300 million budgets and then everyone's complaining that it didn't make its bank if it's like a movie like Blade Runner 2049 for example, which is like, I want to see more of that, you know, like serious science fiction movie where it feels like it's for adults um, but it's not like overly gratuitous or stupid whereas like anytime you make a big budget movie it has to justify its rating it has to justify its genre so it's like oh if it's science fiction it's got to be huge science fiction or it's got to be some fucking straight to Netflix thing that looks like it's shot on video that takes place in a room I was just about to point out the other end of it which is like oh but there's all these cool TV shows that are doing things and I'm like no the fucking expanse looks like a piece of shit that they like they built one set and shot every episode on that entire set with different angles like it's so annoying that like people give TV shows the benefit of the doubt and I'm like but it looks so shitty I kind of I want to have that like you know that multi-million dollar budget action you know high uh, Hollywood shit but like it doesn't have to feel that it's like the next Avengers there were these movies like we were talking about like Twister that had all these crazy effects and things and like Speed had crazy effects no one remembers them as like the height of anything for the time, yeah, they were kind of popular. They're fun to rewatch nowadays, but like, they're movies nowadays that they have to be like such high stakes and they have to have such a high profile actors like that weird science fiction movie life with jake gyllenhaal and ryan reynolds that turned out to be just like so so awful that was disappointing was twister really all about the cow pretty much yeah (laughs) he got he got third billing next to fucking helen hunt there was so much than twister there's uh carrie elways who we all love from Robin Hood Men in Black. There's Philip Seymour Hoffman as a crazy, like, surfer stoner character. I don't understand. And then you got fucking Bill Paxton, who is just chewing up the scenery as if it was just popcorn on a Sunday afternoon. Popcorn on a Sunday afternoon? <laughs> I, I, that that <laughs> I don't, you know that's... that age-old metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> fucking popcorn on it. Listen, look, we got to listen to another song. Uh, and then Florence has an important question about Twister. <laughs> so I do. Yeah, we're going to listen to it was uh, the cow question. That was wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, I, that's the question. It's the cow question. Okay, we're going to listen to this track. This is by <laughs> Neverman. All right. Are you in this? Yeah, I make a little cameo in it. But is it like it's a like a voice Ooh. acting cameo, right? Yes. Yes it is. Okay, so yes. uh, anyway, we're going to listen to this track. Alert. Oh, sorry. Uh, we're <laughs> 
We're going to listen to this track, Renny, uh, Renny Moore. Uh, no, it's, we're it's already to this out. Track. It's already out. Okay, this is, uh, this is Neverman. This is brought to you by uh, my awesome patrons in the 2666 Club. There's Hugh Hefner and Lucas Ceballos. Uh, you guys are great. And this is Crystal Lake Rendezvous by Neverman.
And that was Neverman with the track Crystal Lake Rendezvous with a little cameo by our own Florence Bullock. And that was brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $25 Club, Mr. Clint Dowling, Techno Ben, and Restless Nights. And we're back here with the Beyond Synth family on this Halloween episode with Florence and Mike and Marco. Florence, what what's the nature of this cameo here you just did in the song? Did he just ask you if you do it or what was going on yeah i was like sure i'll I'll do some voice acting and that's what happened (laughs) did you do an accent did you do a character we just played it didn't you hear it yeah (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ mike the hell mike did you just switch off or something were you a chimney sweeper no i didn't i didn't have any significantly different accent when i did it yes well it was very well done as a spooky halloween track and Florence had a question about Twister that Mike will now field. I think the question was, <laughs> was Twister all about the cow? Yeah, that was the question. Yeah. Because, like, Twister, like, I don't know why, but when I, when Twister came out, I what year did Twister come out? 96. 96. I was, like, eight years old. Were you going to say, like, uh, for some reason it was really forgettable and I didn't really think about it again until Mike <laughs> brought it up in 2019. <laughs> Hey, did you guys know about this? I was looking at some story and someone was talking about how they had this advantage because they had a lot of money because they were uh, DINK, D-I-N-K, which stands for for double income, no kids. Oh my God. (laughs) I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it either. I was... You know, sometimes when YouTube suggests videos where you're like, why are you suggesting this? It was like a 20 minute video about someone who got revenge on a bad landlord as read by a robot. So it's like someone took someone's Reddit comment and then just ran it through YouTube with a speech synthesis thing. And that's the whole video. Like, my landlord, he was not a nice landlord. We lived in this place. He wanted to charge 1400 and then, But it, it does the whole thing with that British voice thing. And then at one point, it's, and the person was saying that they were making really uh, good money and the landlord resented him. So the landlord took any opportunity to raise the price. And when the person said they were dink, and then the robot said dink. <laughs> and so I started laughing because like, I'm a very simple man. That's your favorite word, Andy. It's one of them. So it turns out that that's a thing. So I guess you, like if you're in a relationship with somebody and you both make good money and you don't have any kids yet, you are a dink. <laughs> You're a dink. Well, I am a dink, but like, I guess I'm not. I'm not, I'm not no, a, he's double kids, no income. Dink. You're a double dink. <laughs> double double kids, no money. Hold on, what is that? That's you. A, a dick a, no. Dick no. You're a dick no. Dick no. <laughs> That's good. And he is a dick no. This is a good one. You know how, like, I get. Uh, just doing this show, people send me music. Sometimes people don't really label things properly, and then... I hate that shit. It's one of my pet peeves. Well, here's a, here's a new one for you. I, I don't know if you ever got this, Marco. What? I got an email with no text and just a file that says synthweave.mp3. <laughs> synthweave.mp3. Oh, my God. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so bad. Doesn't say the artist's name. Oh, my God. I don't even know if that's the name of the song or if it's just it's like the person who made a synthwave song. So I mean, you just... can't be bothered labeling your song properly. Why would anyone bother listening? I mean, Jesus That's not Christ. a song. That's a site that like steals information oh. from your computer. Probably. Well, let's synth- listen to it. They almost got the... I must spell synthwave right. Almost. You got to give them some credit. Andy, is it, it's a virus. Did you download it? Did you listen to the song? 
I mean, I guess this does coincide with my bank accounts being drained. But like, if we listen to this on the episode, will all of our shit get messed up? Is it like a the ring situation? Yeah, I think if we all listen to it simultaneously, oh that we God. all end up robbing a bank next week, like inexplicably. And well, it wouldn't be a Halloween episode without some kind of curse, right? Yeah. So I think oh, the curse is shit. listening to synthweave.mp3c. What I can't tell is maybe the song is called synthweave and it's not a spelling error. It still doesn't say who the artist is, and there's no metadata, so like there's who no. Who sent it? Who sent it? Who sent you? <laughs> um, let me see here. Do I still? What if the song is about like weaves, like for real? Like, wait, Andy, did you listen to it? Uh, not yet. I just downloaded it. He's like, no, uh, but we're all about to right now, live. And, uh, so if we all die, we die it together. It was from an email called submission. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez! Wait, is that, but is that the subject of the email? Who, like, who was? Well, I'm not going to say. If you replied, yeah. okay. So I, I, that's another thing. So here's a lesson to all you people out there on Halloween. Ooh, if you send me songs, label them, preferably with the band name followed by the name of the track. That's very useful stuff for me. What you people don't realize is, like, I download, like, when people send me music, I download and then just goes in my downloads folder. And then, like, two weeks later, I'm, like, going through the tracks and going, like, well, this one doesn't even have a name. This one doesn't say who it's from. This yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, how are you supposed to know if you can't label your song properly and you want someone to play that music for you and you send it to them and you can't even label as the artist name and the song name? How the fuck do you expect, you know, like, this is what, um, this is what Steve Gilson, you know, from Project Friday used to get really shitty with too. He goes, if you, he goes, if you can't name it properly, I ain't even going to listen to it. Like, it's just, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, you know, really? I have a folder on my computer uh, of an album someone sent me that I still can't source. Dude, my hard drive, I've got so much music yeah. over these, and some of it's really good, and I go, I have no idea what this is and who sent it to it's me. It's funny, because like I won't have like an album name or an artist name, but I'll have tracks, <laughs> and it'll be like, number six, Awakening. Number nine, return to the desert. Yes, number and, twelve, and you can't unfolding. Source it. And I'm like, I don't know where the fuck this is. And you're trying to Google like what's unwakening and unfolding, and like you're trying, and you're like, where does all this shit come from? And then you delete it, and you feel bad about it. But like the guy didn't fucking do his due diligence either. Well, with that being said, though, it is funny hearing what different producers name their songs while they while it's a work in progress. Well, here's the thing. All right. know, some people hey. come up. If you're listening to this show, because I do have this album of this person, I can't figure out who it is. Here are the so <laughs> here are the song. I will tell you the song title. So this is for whoever's <laughs> listening. If you're a fan of the show, or if you know this album because you're like a synth nerd, let me know who this is. These are the tracks. There's a folder with seven songs. Song number one is called "Go." Song number two is called "Sinclair." Song number three is called "The Zone." Song number four is called Live or Die. Maybe Sinclair is based on the synthesizer Sinclair. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Uh, number six is The World on a Wire, and number seven is Shadow Circuit. So let me know what that is. Because when I typed in any of those when I typed in any of those words into Google, I couldn't pull music. Oh, you know what it was? That was me that I, I sent you that whole album of demos. Oh, sweet. So this is a hoo-ha thing? Yeah. Or a modern night? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clear up the mystery. Speaking of mysteries, let's listen to another track. So, uh... <laughs> What's the mystery that we don't know what it's going to be until you say? I guess so. Uh, this is a track by Color Theory uh, from his album 
uh, Lucky Ago. This one's all about uh, superstitions and stuff. So I figured I'd play a track on the on this Halloween. And this is uh, this is brought to you by my awesome uh, patrons in the twenty five dollar club: Johnny Five, Tim Carlton, and Honey Beard. Ooh! And this is Color Theory with the track Dismembered. <laughs>
And that was Dismembered by Color Theory from the album Lucky Ago, brought to you by my awesome patrons uh, who support Beyond Synth, like Emilio Estevez, Pattern Shift, and Kempson, all in the $25 club, the spooky $25 club. And I'm here right now with the Beyond Synth family, Marco, Florence, Mike. We're just sitting here, jiving, having a good time. You sounded like Lou Rinaldi when you were saying it. You were like, dismembered by color theory. And I was like, is that Lou? Is Lou Rinaldi on the line right now? I'm working on a Lou Rinaldi impression so that uh, he never has to appear anywhere near the show. So if I can do do an accurate enough impression, then uh, I'll just... I got nothing. Um, So look, I was thinking because it's Halloween... I don't know if you guys have an answer for this because I I didn't pre-ask you. I was thinking about scenes in movies that scared me as a kid. And it doesn't have to be horror films. You know, sometimes you just catch like a weird movie on TV and there's like a sequence in there that's just weird or that was upsetting or whatever. I have one. So I'll tell you mine. So Superman 3, there's this scene in Superman 3, which is sort of just a goofy film. Is it when he gets crushed in the car thing? No, no, no. It's when the supercomputer at the end sucks in the lady. There's this lady who gets pulled into the computer and then she gets covered with wires. And she's making all those awful screams. Yeah. And then all of a sudden sudden metal starts like sticking to her face yeah. and then her eyes turn white and then she turns into like this goofy robot but like as a kid it was the scene where the metal flew and stuck to her face because you know it was like done in that typical like 80s like it was just reversed footage and so she's sort of frozen like she can't move and she's just like ah, and like metal is like flying on her face and that scene scared the hell out of me as a kid I don't we didn't even own that film it must have just been on television when I went and looked it up on YouTube it turns out like that's every comment if you see that clip on YouTube like every single comment is a person talking about how this scene in particular like just scared the shit out of them <laughs> as a kid and they're like one one dude had a funny comment where he's like doing like a support group thing well, I was gonna say that like as you're saying that that's definitely a thing that falls into the category for me too that scene scared the shit out of me also when uh, when he would get squished by the... Uh, when he was drunk at the bar, he's like, I'm, I'm fucking Superman. I don't care about nobody anymore. And I'm fucking dirty. And I'm gonna go hang out at the junkyard. Whoops, I tripped and fell into the thing. Squish. I know that's not how it happens exactly. But when Pretty he's much. getting squished by the by the car crusher, I was always like, no! No! I feel like there's some part of my mind that like empathize... Uh, I put my face in where Superman's face is and it's like being surrounded by metal and it's getting squished and I'm like, no! I feel like, I don't know, I vividly remember being freaked out by like placing myself in Superman's position getting squished by the car crusher. Well, I think there's just something, an overall weirdness to that movie and it's funny because when I think about it, that scene... When I was a kid, it was like a horror movie, horrifying. And when I watch it now, it's really goofy, except for the one shot where the metal sticks to her face. Like, that scene still is sort of troublesome. But then, like, the rest of it is goofy as hell. Like, when she turns into a robot, she's, like, waddling. Well, don't you like um, the the snowy ski resort on top of a building? I don't even remember that part. <laughs> I don't even remember why he turns bad. Did he drink bad booze? I think it was because of drinking, and so the message was, <laughs> don't drink, kids. <laughs> that makes sense. 
What about uh, what about you, Florence? Is there a, a thing you can think of? You know, like honestly, I am racking my brain for something. I was not traumatized by any movies when I was a kid. I literally can't think of anything that I was like really, really terrified of. You have a heart of stone, Florence. Apparently, she does. What about the ring? The what? The ring. Ringu. <laughs> <laughs> Ringu. Like, I did see the ring. That didn't really scare me. I don't know. I've never been, like, scared of horror movies because I, it's, they're all very fake to me. And I don't know. Maybe I just was, like, not allowed to watch scary movies. Serial killer movies and torture porn movies don't, like, scare me. Twister. But she said Twister. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was like, Twister's the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. Twister. But no, like. <laughs> just after you thought that the first cow had gone away, there was another cow! No, oh my god. Wait, oh no, but I speaking... think it was the first cow! <laughs> but speaking of cows, though, um, the one thing that I can think of <laughs> that I was really scared of as a kid, uh, it's not a movie. I don't know, like, where they have these, but have you guys ever heard of the supermarket Stu Leonard's? Stu Leonard's? Stu Leonard's is, like, the Ikea of supermarkets. So you go into the supermarket and you like you follow a path through the supermarket. You know how like in IKEA you follow a path through IKEA? Oh, see, that reminds me of Aldi and there's I know people who love the concept of Aldi and I hate it. I hate it. It feels like you're cattle and you're like you're just cows being herded through. Now you're going to the cereal section. Now everyone's going to do soup. And you're like, it's fucking awful. I hate that experience. Don't tell me where to fucking shop. Exactly. Well, anyway, so like Stu Leonard's, like it follows, like you have to follow a path through the, through the store. And also they have like all of these decorations all over the place. They have like all of these animatronic figures everywhere. So it's like going to like fucking Disneyland in a grocery store. But anyway, so they have, like, in the dairy section, they had a life-size cow that mooed, and it was the most terrifying thing to me when I was little. <laughs> I used to be scared of um, anything that was, like, a, some kind of attraction at a carnival or a fair or something that had, like, life-size dinosaurs that had, like, realistic, <laughs> like, you know, so rubbery specific. leather skin. It's, no, it is for... I remember it was like Wildwood, New Jersey. Me and my cousin were on this ride. First of all, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters. Was it seven years old? So the T-Rex and the boom and the water and all. It's very scary to me. So we were in this like exhibit, kind of like attraction where you're like on a bumper car and it goes on a uh, little track. And there's all these dinosaurs that come out and... They all just kind of had that fake dinosaur leathery skin, but I was super scared. And I was hugging out to my mom. My cousin was in the front row, just like, oh, I'm the king of the dinosaur world. And I was like, mom, get me the fuck out of here. I hate this. Everything is real. Everything, I'm going to get bitten up. <laughs> um, there's something about everything just is real. like, <laughs> like uh, you know, it's in this like warehouse that's like, they put up palm trees and ferns and they make it humid and sweaty in there and they got the the jungle noises and and then so like (laughs) around this corner is a t-rex and around this corner is a dilophosaurus and i'm a i'm a real baby for that kind of stuff that like that makes my mind work serial killers not scary ghost movies Eh, maybe scary to me. I'll think about it later. But like viscerally, seven foot dinosaur animatronic 
in front of my face and it's dark and it's jungly in this box that I'm in right now, mm-hmm. I'm gonna freak out and I'm gonna squeeze your hand. I'm gonna hold in your hand. Jungle box. Yeah, that's that's the shit that really scared me. Hey, Marco. Yes, man. I want your answer, but I want to listen to a song first. After a song, yeah. How the fuck did I know that? Because of uh, the amount Christ. of time that passed. So for the next question, you ask Marco first so that you don't ask him out. Well, I'm going to. Uh, yeah. After we listen to this cool track from Electric Stop Dragon... Uh, he just Marco's uh, grumbling back there. He just uh, he just sent this one over to me. It's called the Forest, nice. and uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and it's brought to you uh, by my awesome patrons in the twenty five dollar club. There's Martin Larby, Blake Peterson, and Gregorio Franco. And this is Electric Dragon with the track The Forest.
And that was The Forest by Electric Dragon on this spooky Halloween. And that was brought to you by my awesome patrons, Ashley Keegan with the 2049 and Rachel Buchelman with the 1985 and Morat with the 1984. And I'm back here on this spooky Halloween with Mike and Florence and Marco. And we're talking about... Things that spooked us as a kid, movies, TV. So, Marco, is there a, is there a movie or a show or something that you saw as a kid that like? Yeah, well, there's there's a whole number of them, I guess. But I just wanted to say I don't mind you interrupting uh, my answer with a jong uh, with a jong with a song from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite electric with, dragon drongs. <laughs> no, I, I think I just said drong there. I think I added an R to say dong. You said you um, said jong. I said drong. Point is, none of us can talk. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. I yeah. think. No, I, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of movies, but I guess probably the thing that shocked me the most was the first porno movie I ever saw. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? That goes in there, really? And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> One that just came to mind now is probably um, the Terminator. You know that scene. Um, okay, this is a very common movie that everyone's seen, but the the bit where he, you know the truck blows up and then uh, they you think he's dead, but he, he gets up again and he's just as like the metal metal skeleton, you know. Yeah. And they're trying to get through that door and that stop motion when he's following him. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that scene that still gives me the creeps. Well, it's a cool scene. I love that scene too in the music, yeah. like the like when he's yeah yeah. No, I love but that. I think the stop motion makes that scene even more scary like if that was cgi i don't think it'd be half as scary something about the stop motion just makes it like really creepy yeah. i don't know well, what it is the way CGI's it moves. not scary at all it's way too smooth it like isn't. especially when you watch I know. Um, werewolf because i watch a lot of werewolf transformations for some reason like that's a thing i frequently go <laughs> like i go to youtube and just watch werewolf transformations okay the, the cgi ones are just no good like they just they're not the same yeah. i know it's i know when i watch the 80s movies it's like a weird rubber head of the person that they're like stretching on the inside and stuff to like but it, to me that it's just so much creepier and weirder yeah i was watching silver bullet and even that one, that Silver Bullet one isn't great. There's a lot of funny sound effects when at the end of Silver Bullet when he morphs back into the wolf, like after they shoot him. The sound effects of his transformation, like it's clearly like someone in the sound effects department, like squishing a cabbage or something. <laughs> and so it's like every time you see a shot of like his hand, like shrinking back into like human hand, it's all like, you know, it's just making all these like fucking squishing noises and stuff. But I don't know, man. Just the the practical horror effects are just way more effective. CGI is just too smooth. Yeah, they really should use less of it in horror movies. I mean, it, it just seems lazy. The lazy option. But I agree with you. Okay, I still haven't seen it. Hmm. I don't care. <laughs> but I've seen scenes of it. People can't shut the fuck up about this stupid fucking clown shit. The people have these like tropes of like, oh, I'm scared of puppets. Ooh, the weird marionette little puppet boy. Oh, his mouth is gonna move and the eyes are gonna look at me in the night. Shut the fuck up. Um, clowns, the same right. thing. Like, ooh, there's a clown in the sewers and he's going to grab my ankles. What's that guy doing in the fucking sewers? Why are you scared of that? Just run away. He's in the sewer. He's clearly like he's got a disadvantage on you. Like he's got to climb out of the sewer while you're running away. I don't understand. <laughs> but he's got balloons this. down there. He's got balloons. Which stuff. makes it even more unwieldy for him to get out of it. If he's got to hold on to these balloons while he's climbing out of the sewer, it's going to be harder for him to come and get you. I'm like halfway across town. This stupid ass clown is now just getting out of the sewer. Well, I don't know. What would you be into? 
Well, what if what if he had snacks? What if he had like really good tacos? Would you well, go to, I mean, come on, <laughs> you were really high and you wanted some tacos. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah, because I've watched like a selection of scenes on like YouTube and stuff. And, like, whenever he turns into monsters, it's CGI. So, to me, it's not scary at all. Like, there's a scene where he's, like, a spider, but is he has the torso of it. Yeah. Like, the clown with a big head, and he's, like, a spider running around, and they're, like, fighting the spider with their, I don't, I'm not afraid of you power or whatever they have at the end of the film. Oh, that's a thing. Uh, a movie, because I didn't really answer the question. In Gremlins 2, the new batch, <laughs> the scene with the spider where the gremlin drinks the, the bad one, he's... I think it's Spike in the second one. He's like, ooh, yum, yum, and drinks the spider juice and uh, becomes a spider. When the hot redhead, she's like, oh, Billy. Oh, God, your drawings just, like, make me so wet. She's like, <laughs> I'm going to give you a <laughs> kiss and you're going to go home and get in trouble. Yeah. Phoebe Cates is going to think you're cheating on her because I gave you a kiss on your collar. Why were women kissing collars? Why was that a thing in movies? Did anyone kiss a collar when they were kissing anyone? Here, oh, uh, uh, here's a kiss goodbye on your shirt. Fuck out. <laughs> That's a good question. And, like, lipstick in the 80s was way more, like, uh, it just got everywhere, right? Like, I don't know. I don't think I ever kissed anybody in the 80s. <laughs> For real. Like, there was always, like, 15 kisses on someone who had been kissing. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I get that someone had been kissing, but, like, this many kisses on their face? Uh, anyway, so she gets caught up in the web. On their face, too. That's a good point, because it's always <laughs> on their face. I don't think I've ever kissed anybody, like, on the face like that. Like, I'm going to kiss your cheek next to your nose or whatever. Like, yeah, no one I'm, kisses I'm going to kiss your uh, eyebrow bone. Yeah. yeah. Well, well now, now lipstick is like fucking glue. It doesn't come off. It's awful. So they have improved. Do you ever think about going back in time just to see what the shampoo and toothpaste was like? Because, like, whenever you, whenever you watch commercials, they're always just like, oh, it's new and improved. I'm like, well, if they've been improving this for, like, 50 years, what was toothpaste in the 60s? Like, was it, like, a weird coarse powder? It's crack cocaine. <laughs> just brush their teeth with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fix it. <laughs> My grandparents had AIM. The version they had when I was like a very young kid seemed like it was straight out of like a 1970s commercial. I feel like toothpaste didn't really advance to where it you know, is now until later on because my grandparents had this like fucked up toothpaste that was awful. But I mean, I've used like toothpaste that has like baking soda in it and some of that stuff was a little chalkier than like, you know, the rest of it. And what's the deal with Tom's? What's in Tom's? Fucking plaster? What is that? It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> What kind of toms are you using? Any of them. Really? They're all made with fucking seal bones or organic bat shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, look, I want to listen to another track. Speaking of Florence, she sings on this one. Oh, I like this one. Uh, this is uh, from Gregorio Franco and has the, the lovely vocals of a lady that I like to call Glitbiter, who is a very talented vocalist, and this track is called Awakening.
And that was Awakening by Gregorio Franco featuring Glitbiter. And it was brought to you by my awesome patrons. Well, there's Jimpy with the 18. And in the $15 Club, there's Hampus ML and Ken Giroux. And Chatterack, almost. And, uh, ooh, we're back here. It's Halloween. We just listened to a nice track. Why don't you um, talk about that, Florence? Florence, are you going to do that song with Gregorio? Or did you perform that song with Gregorio Franco at the show we did? I did <laughs> perform it, Mike. Spoilers. Weren't you there? Uh, Didn't you see that? I remember now. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I did. I'm glad I asked. What do you What do you want me to say about it? I, I sang some notes on a track. This was um, a surprising bit of business there, because I remember you played it to me on the telephone. I mean, as in you had it on your phone. The telephone. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a yeah. bad friend. You know, as per earlier, how whenever I call people, I mostly uh, just sort of talk about my stuff. So selfish. <laughs> Andy first, 2019. <laughs> I um. Oh my God, Andy first, twenty twenty. Andy firsty. Listen, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Andy firsty. He's never gonna get to say what he wants to say because they're all being so hilarious. Listen, okay, I'm just trying to compliment Florence's lovely voice, and I didn't know that you had that power, and so it was a very surprising moment because I'm like, oh shit, like this. Oh, I didn't know this about you, and uh, it's very good. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I can sing like that. I went to school for that shit. Florence, can you yodel? No. Oh, man. I didn't go to school for that. Can you try? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I've never tried to Why are you to so yodel? dismissive of that shit? I said, can you yodel? She I've goes, never tried to yodel. No, you fucking idiot. Why would I ever do that, you stupid asshole? Remember when she said that? Technically, I do feel that way about that question, because, like, I don't know why you would want to. <laughs> no, I think it was... It was something to do with salami and you stupid. Um, no. Um, salami. I've never tried to yodel. I, I'm sure there's a technique, and I don't know the technique. I did go to school to learn how to sing opera things. Cool. But then I, I didn't like it. I mean, it was fun singing it, but I didn't. I don't like opera. Opera's no fun to listen to, so I did other things. Well, I really dig the combo. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite things ever is... Uh, well. One of my other favorite genres is power metal, and I got into power metal because someone was like, oh, you should listen to this band, Nightwish, which is like, back in the day, Nightwish used to have an opera singer as their vocalist, and I was like, holy shit, that's so fucking rad, and that just like blew my mind. So, um, so yeah, when, when Gregorio sent me over this track, I was like, I don't, like, because I just figured I'd sing on it normally. Wait, so what do you do on the song? I mean... I mean, we just oh, heard it, so... They just played it, just and you didn't listen it, again? Mike. Come on. Oh, my God. Uh, can you just remind me... Jesus. What kind of a friend are you? Jesus, we just heard it. You even <laughs> forgot that I performed it. Gregorio Franco Awakening. Gregorio Franco Awakening. <laughs> oh I would do an impression, but my throat couldn't handle it. Oh, my God. That's exactly what I sound like. Thank you. Florence, when are you going to yodel? Florence Nightingale, glit by to herself... We need to ask you a question here with a paparazzo. Tell me, when are you going to yodel on your tracks? Your accent um, is amazing. Fucking clip by the hair self. <laughs> Fucking hair self. Probably <laughs> never. Yodeling is not a thing that I enjoy. Yodeling is not really a thing. Like, I don't really like listening to yodeling, so why would Nobody I does. sing? You don't like Atlantis more set? He packed his suitcase. <laughs> 
In case these kids get by, I. <laughs> judging mm. by the comments on, on uh, Bandcamp, it looks like that most people's favorite song is the one that you're featured in, too. Oh, if you didn't already look, cool. Florence. There you go, Marco. Cool. Read some of those comments. <laughs> okay. Picking a favorite is so hard. Awakening gets it for the amazing Vox with Eon. A close second and the 2019 The Prowler, not far behind. Keep up the amazing work, man. And then favorite track, Awakening, featuring Glitbiter. So there you go. There's one of them. I like the emotion you put into that read. I wasn't yeah, expecting that. Yeah, I was going to say, that was pretty yeah. well done. No, it's That's pretty great. cool. I was actually going to play that on High Five this week, but Andy beat me to the punch. So there you go. You mean you didn't play it on the High Five last week? <laughs> no, I was going to play I wasn't on last week. <laughs> no, you were. It was Andy Solo. No, no, last week was Andy you're, Solo. Marker, you're not... Mm-mm. I know. He leaves me out of a lot of things. He, no, went, he went solo. <laughs> I'm not sure we're... <laughs> Jesus. Solo. Stop saying solo. <laughs> solo? It's supposed to be, you know, a team thing, but he went solo. Oh, my throat. <laughs> I tell you what, there was an episode of Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid. First of all, the theme song to Unsolved Mysteries was uh, scary. And there was an episode, there was a ghost story episode. I tried to find it because Unsolved Mysteries is on Amazon, but it's hard to... Just find things because like there's like a few stories per show and I would literally probably have to watch like everything to find it. This lady was telling a story that her house was haunted by this ghost of a man and then one day she goes to her kitchen cupboards and there's like this sort of orange goo like dripping out of them and then so she collected some of it and it turned out it was blood plasma. And it's like, ooh, you know, that's creepy. And then they did an artist rendition of what she saw. So one day she said she was in her bedroom and the lights are off and she's in her bed and she feels like a kind of a ghostly presence. She feels like there's someone else in the room and she takes her covers off and there's just this fucking old man ghost just like hovering over her. Oh, God. Like over the bed. Oh, God. That's awful. <laughs> Florence. That's awful. And the fucking artwork they did was like this old man who kind of looks sort of skeletal and had like black eyes. <laughs> And he's just sort of lurching over the bed, like doing like fucking like Dracula hands. I'm into that. And all she could do, she was so terrified that all she could do was just pull the covers over her head and like just wait there, I guess, for daytime. And then, <laughs> and then the next day, because ghosts don't exist in the daytime. <laughs> and the next day, there was like a glowing light at nighttime that was like just sort of floating in the room. And then she followed it. And the light floated all the way out and it took her to like a graveyard and then like floated and like hovered over this grave. And uh, when I was a kid, I'll tell you, that one scared the shit out of me. Just the fucking ghost floating over her bed. Like, I hated that. And I can't find it. It's, you know, they're there on Amazon, but I... uh... Were you guys afraid of like uh, children's television ghost stuff like uh, Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark? No. 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 It's interesting. Listen, I was afraid of this episode where... These kids discovered an old pool that was like closed off from the rest of the high school. They built a new pool and it was closed off because this kid died, blah, 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 yada, yada. The kids go in there and they escape and they have their own private pool time and it's wonderful. Then uh, the ghost of the boy comes out and he's covered in like weird, horrible, like creep show. Remember a creep show when that the zombie sea creature people would come out of the water? He looked like that. And like it was bloody and goopy, and that episode scared the piss out of me, and I could not go into uh, like any kind of indoor pool for a while, because uh, there'd be some haunted ghost boy in there in the back of my mind. <laughs> ghost boy. Um, 
All right, look. Ghost I'll, boy. I want to listen to another song, and then we'll keep talking about spooky things on this fucking uh, spooktacular spookum. So here's a track. This is Static Shore. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Mads Baron Christensen, Prophet of Jupiter, and we'll never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And this is from the album Life and Love in the Hologram. This is Never Been Said by Static Shore. There's nothing I meant to tell you Bottled and sealed the milieu Deep in the sobs, caught rich in the juts Drowning our thoughts, drawn through the mud No break on the path will go down Can't run back the play of time There's one way through, that's all we've got Anything else, we just get lost There's nothing I'm to tell
And that was Never Been Said by Static Shore from the album Life and Love in the Hologram. That was brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $10 Club, man. There's Alex Seligson and Neverman. Hey, we played a track from him and Joshua Winter and Pump Action Foreskin. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, no. Pump action oh. foreskin? Is that Wait, what you said? Have you yes. guys never heard that before? Andy reads that like every week. We don't pay attention to Andy. Are you fucking kidding me, for? Oh, no, I really Jesus. haven't heard that before. I, I don't do the $10 ones every day. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. And then there's Neptune 90 and Thundercats. Oh, so look. Listen, if you want to support Beyond Synth, and if you're listening to this now and you're like, man, how do I support this great, great show? <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or just go to beyondsynth.com and click on the donate button. You people are... Uh, hey, you guys uh, You guys know the, the movie Hocus Pocus? I refuse based solely on what Bette Midler looks like. <laughs> like, honestly, like the, the picture of Hocus Pocus has made me never watch Hocus Pocus, and I never will. Yeah, I didn't see it either. It looks so bad. I went to the Renaissance Fair last Christmas. It was for Christmas, uh, the the Celtic Christmas. No, it was my birthday. And uh, <laughs> Bette Midler, there was a person doing like um, you know, people can be there and do costumes and shit. And she was in Hocus Pocus costume. And she had the buck teeth and the hair and everything. And I was like, oh god, Bette Midler, you're awesome. And I was like, but you're not Bette Midler. It's not. It's not a great story. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Was she dressed as Bette Midler, or was she just a lady with buck teeth at the Renaissance well, Fair? Well, that's the weird thing. Is like, so at the Renaissance Fair, my girlfriend and I will go around and we'll we'll point at people who are not in like exactly what they're supposed to be wearing, and we'll go wrong. Well, not as <laughs> not at them. <laughs> No. Wait, wait. Do you dress appropriately? I don't dress as anything, but there will be people dressed as weird things. There will be people dressed up as ninjas. And I'll be like, wrong. We're at a renaissance fair. There's people dressed up as aliens. Wrong. I don't know. But aren't you wrong if you're there in contemporary garb? Mm, No, I'm a tourist in this uh, time traveling world where this stuff is available for me as a time traveler of this experience. It's about the people there who are getting everything. There's people dressed up as Mortal Kombat characters. I was like, wrong. What are you doing? <laughs> like, if you want to go so dress up as Mortal Kombat, like, somewhere appropriate, that's fine. But, like, the Renaissance Fair? And don't get me started on how, like, apparently now pirates from, like, 1700s, like Blackbeard and all of these people and horror, like, now apparently Blackbeard and pirates are part of the Renaissance Fair lore. All across the country. I know a pirate metal band, or sort of pirate metal who plays at the Renaissance Fair. I think I saw them! I'm pretty sure! The Dread Crew of Oddwood? Yes! They're these famous fucking guys and they go to all like the biggest ones around the country. There's no other venue where they could perform that kind of genre of like Renaissance fairy slash piratey slash like medieval slash baroque slash rock and roll like there's it's a very specific thing and it's weird like because like don't show up dressed as Bette Midler from fucking Hocus Pocus that's wrong you're fucking wrong it's not even what we're doing here Merlin sure that's fine that's cool mm-hmm. sirens I don't know maybe if you want to go mythological. There was even a Greek one, like ancient Greek ruins at the one I went to. And I was like, what is happening here? This has become just a theme park for history. Next, we'll do Stonehenge. And we'll uh, then we're going to do Australian Outback, mate. 
Hey, Marco, how was that? It was pretty terrible, actually. <laughs> Andy, are you into sports movies? Do they, do they do anything for you? No. Like if you're watching uh, like a you know like a really good baseball movie or like a good football movie like a Rudy or something like regardless of like the fact that it is sports, just the fact that it's a classic movie, does it still make you feel like the feelings, like feel the dreams? I mean, not really. Look, if a movie's good, a movie's good. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, and and ha- and have any of the movies that you think you like have been sports movies? No. Have you ever watched? Have you ever like sat down and watched Cool Runnings? That's your example. Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings is awesome. It's a great movie. It's, it's a great sports movie. But it's also really racist. It's racist and it's hilarious. It's and so racist. Oh, well, in that case, <laughs> fucking sign me up for Cool Runnings. <laughs> cool Runnings. No, Cool Runnings was great, but, like, I hate every other sports movie. Sports movies are the worst. I love sports movies. I feel like there hasn't been a good baseball sports movie in a long time. You know, like, Major League, Rookie of the Year. What about Moneyball? Moneyball wasn't really a baseball movie. Moneyball was about Brad Pitt putting together players in the offices. It wasn't like, you know, the players... I want to see players going through some shit. Nah, I hear. There wasn't actual baseball in it. It was just, yeah, I hear. There was a new, there's a new movie coming out with uh, Joe Manganello. I think it's how you say his name. <laughs> Manganello. Yeah. Manganello. And uh, he's like a baseball player and yada, yada, yada. And I, I watched the trailer and I was like, I kind of want to watch this. Uh, because uh, there haven't been any really good baseball movies in several years. But at the same time, it looks terrible, so I don't even care. Does the Warriors count because, like, one of the gangs is the Baseball Furies? (laughs) (laughs) Is that making a baseball movie? For me personally, like, put it this way. None of my favorite films have baseball in it. (laughs) What about uh, Lost Boy Scout? That had had football in it. Oh, wait, and... Hook Hook has baseball in it No Andy absolutely hates Hook He hates the way yeah. the characters look He hates the cinematography Aww. He hates everything about Hook Yeah I, I, I'm not a fan of Hook Such a negative all. Nancy I am a negative Nancy Yeah Well look it's because my name is <laughs> but Nancy But The Last Boy Scout is really good It's a good It's a movie that like it Highlights is. football But it also highlights the detective nature of it And fucking Bruce Willis' yes. daughter is cursing every 10 seconds Damon Wayans uh, He's high on pills And he's a football player It's a great movie Last Boy Scout Also includes And here's a major thing that I love about that movie There is Is it Thursday Night Football? Or Monday Night Football I think it's Monday Night I forget what it is But like there's the actual theme song Written by whoever famous country singer it is And it goes Oh you ready for some football And uh, in the movie It opens up with an alternate version Like in an alternate universe of that And it's Friday nights And he goes Friday night's a great night for football Down, 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 down It's fucking amazing It's really funny And I love that song And the intro of that movie Last Boy Scout Has these crazy awesome graphics Like super like 1991, 92 graphics That are just like Whatever the the text shows on screen It goes like you know, like when, when, like for some reason, text had to have sound effects and in intros. It's a great movie. It's stylistically like so of the time that it makes me just appreciate how you know, you know, when people say like, "Oh, that movie's dated." I sometimes love when a movie is exactly from the year 1991, circa June or something like that. 
Well, the only time I have a problem with that, like that exact complaint where you say something's dated, is if there's something in a movie that unnecessarily ties it to a particular time. Like, because certain movies are kind of timeless, even if they do take place in a particular era. Like, the first Spider Man movie, right? Spider-Man is sort of timeless, but then it has Macy Gray. Macy? I was just going to say the Macy Gray song, and that song she does is terrible. Well, not only that, <laughs> but I remember when it happened, thinking, like, why did they pick her? Like, so, because she was popular, like, last year for yeah, a month? She, in, in that movie, she had already, like, waned out of popularity by and that And she point. was only popular for a month the previous year. Right. So I remember that scene specifically going, like... Ugh, like this just it dates the movie but in a bad way it's sort of like what's a i don't even have an example it's like if a movie right now plays that old town road song or something you know what i mean it's just gonna be like because that was the popular song in 2019 or whatever and or like any any movie that from a few years ago that had tonight oh yeah yeah <laughs> we I- are young. like that song is so of that time and like there are so many tv shows and movies using that song that i was like Do you guys even understand how, like, I understand the point you're trying to make story-wise with the connection of the song to your story, but, like, it's completely, it's basic. Like we talked about earlier, you asked, uh, on on your live stream, you asked, what's the definition of basic? It basically means, like, Mm -hmm. unoriginal. It's just, you do the thing because that's the thing you do. So, like, oh, there's a a coming-of-age kind of sort of thing. We're gonna put that stupid song on tonight. Yeah. And so that whole, like, two or three years is defined by a bunch of bullshit well, um, I'm gonna because, listen. Yeah, I want to listen to another song, but this raises an interesting point that I think we should talk about. I want to listen to music first, and then we'll we'll do it. So here is a track. All right, it is by uh, who's this one by Miles Matrix, and uh, and this is a cool song. It's brought to you by my awesome uh, patrons in the ten dollar club. There's a uh, Dalton Bell, Heartbeat Hero, Cat Temper, Albion Algorithm, Retro Serenade, and Gary Heather, and this is Miles Matrix with Annihilator.
And that was Annihilator by Miles Matrix. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Nida Ducks, Andrew Benson, Sarah Buchelman, The Patch Bay, and Gus Velichek. Ooh. And uh, we're back here on this uh, spooky Halloween with Mike and Marco and Florence. You do a good ooh. You do a good vibrato. Thanks, man. Ooh. Not, not, not that one. Oh, sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were talking before about, you know, people, you know, using tracks and movies and it's basic because it's like. As you were saying, hold on, before I'm going to interrupt, it, it just uh, it made me really laugh to think of Beauty and the Beast using that super, super popular song from that time. Tale as old as time. <laughs> Remember when they used that song that was like super popular and then like that movie's so dated, man. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> oh, that one. This is the thing that's always bothered me. When you have an iconic scene or like a really popular movie and you have a piece of music that is, uh, you know, becomes basically synonymous with the scene, I think at that point it annoys me if any other filmmaker ever uses the song. That's what I think about that song with the Tonight We Are Young. Is that like, we can't all be using that song. We can't all be making that stupid. That's what makes it basic. Dude, there's some songs that are so overused. So one of them is, I know it gets used comedically a lot. Hello by What's-His-Face. Oh, Christ, what's his name? Lionel Richie? Richards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> Lionel the, Richards. The Lionel Richie song, right? You always see it in, oh, yeah. in things where, like, a character falls in love with another character. And uh, sometimes it's like, you know, like the instant attraction. And it's usually kind of used comedically now, but just the, hello. And every time it happens, it's like, dude, really? You're going to be the 30th movie to do this joke? Like, I've seen it so many times. Mm. There's just some songs that get There's used. There's another one that, um, the, uh, the one from Kill Bill that was like made yes, popular from Kill Bill that was... Yeah. Oh yes, that yeah, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Andy and I were talking about the the, the trailer music, Luxy Turna. Would you just call me uh, Ar- Artie? Is his name Artie? Artie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that song was also used in Transformers when uh, Bu- Bumblebee becomes he uh, 70s Bumblebee yeah. scans the new Camaro and then he turns around and bec- he's like introducing himself as the new Bumblebee for 2000. And the music goes bam, 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 for like yeah. ten seconds, and that's it. Like, there's no like real anything to it besides remember this song that you know from TV and commercials and stuff. It's just like a reference for something. What bugs me is the shortcut aspect because I get it. Like, I understand there's certain things you can do in music. Right. It's like the first they do the very first thing that comes to their mind. They say, "Okay, write that down," and we'll move on to the next scene. What bothers me is it's like if someone does something iconic like there's certain scenes in movies where like all right, man, you use the song, and forever this song is just going to be associated with this scene. So when another filmmaker comes along and uses the same music, it's just like, dude, what are you doing? I don't even care if this song is special to you. You have to acknowledge that the language of cinema now means that if you play this song, you are purposefully conjuring another movie. And when you do that, I feel like it just makes your movie more derivative. I like talking to you, Andy, because like that was tight. That was a really like... <laughs> Thank you. No, but but it bugs me. I don't even care because I get... To, obviously, we all have attachments to certain pieces of music, and that's a risk 
you run if you make a movie because you never know what other people's responses to a particular piece of music are. So when you go and see the movie and that song plays, it's going to conjure a different memory in you. So that's always like a risk, uh, which is why I like cool sort of original scores and stuff. And there are soundtracks that are like, they're not even really based upon the score of the movie. It's like, I guess... That thing you do is kind of a little bit of both because they wrote original music. But like, it's a catchy fucking song though. That thing you it's do, it's a catchy like, song. Yeah. It's a great album all the way through. Like they wrote six or seven songs in the '60s style. So like soundtracks to Get Shorty, uh, soundtracks to any of like Quentin Tarantino's movies. Mission Impossible has a really good like selection of songs that are not just a score, uh, as well as Lost in Space. Like there's a lot of really good soundtracks that like. When you watch the movie, it helps. Like you're saying, it helps the movie. What bugs me is like when certain soundtracks take hold of the public consciousness for whatever reason. And like it happened with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And what annoyed me about that soundtrack, because everyone's like, oh, it's such a great soundtrack. I'm like, this is just all hits from the 70s that we all know. Right. Like they, it's they, a good I, soundtrack, though, I Andy. was thinking to myself, this is all, uh, all of the soundtracks to Will Ferrell and Adam McKay movies. There was a section of movies from like 2000 to 2005 of like Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, uh, Luke Wilson, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg and fucking Will Ferrell. Like there was all these movies that were coming out that used the same songs you know like all these fucking songs that like they used uh, all these 70s songs as hits which was kind of crazy because a lot of movies hadn't gone that far back into 70s and maybe that's a conversation in its own right but see that's like Vice City for example is one of my favorite soundtracks but like you said that's just all old songs nothing really new is being composed as part of the soundtrack so is it really a soundtrack right you know what I mean what they did again it's the curation of the track so what I find that bugs me about the Guardians of the Galaxy is it's like that to me doesn't sound like a personal thing it's literally like what were the literal top you know like in the top five tracks during this period of time and then they just made that list and then there's always a fucking comic book nerd who is like yeah well you know the tape existed in the comic book so like uh, these songs were already there and blah 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 and like yeah we get it but it doesn't have to be that way no like the, the difference with like you know even like a Quentin Tarantino is that it feels like you know he grew up during that time and these were songs but he still sorts songs from weird places just like like that song that you're talking about wasn't that like taken from like a Japanese film which one what what yeah no that song is like it's taken from a movie which song the fucking down 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 oh right yeah it's like a, it's a new uh, a just arrangement of that thing yes and like but but the point is that it takes a person with like a personal touch to you know the same with like the Vice City soundtrack like when I heard the Vice City soundtrack there were songs on there I hadn't heard before and then you research them so like oh shit like this was a popular you know like electro track from the 80s that I never heard but you know what I think of. is cool when it does work when it does fucking work when you take something that has already been established as a thing and you repurpose it for something else if it works it fucking works so I'm a fan of Formula One racing and every week at the beginning <laughs> Beginning of every every race, no, beginning of every race, they do like the recap of the season, and it's the music from Tron Legacy, and it's like, that's a good soundtrack. So like, it has the whole like, 
It has the orchestral version of Tron Legacy. They do this amazing thing where they cut together like slow motion shots of like the guys from the season past. Like, oh, oh back in Russia. Oh, back in Belgium. Oh, remember Japan? And the music is like, dun, 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 dun. and it's like Tron Legacy stuff. And I think it's really good juxtaposition. And I feel like there's the music doesn't have to just exist in the only place that it existed. So like on the other end, it's it's the other end of. Uh, if everyone used the same track at the same exact time. I think there's certain songs that transcend though, like where it's like everyone knows, right? Where you could argue that not many people watched Tron Legacy. Yeah, like the Godfather theme. Everybody knows the Godfather theme, right? And I, I see people in the uh, the Formula One subreddit every week like, uh, hey, what, what song was that? And someone's like, oh, that's Daft Punk, Tron Legacy. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's so amazing that like, it is new. Like, what I learned from you in this whole, like, past six or seven years that we knew each other, Andy, is, like, what you told me is... Getting deep now. Everything is new to somebody. So, like, uh, for so- I have this, like, thing in my own thing where I like to showcase very <laughs> brand new music to people. And... <laughs> that sentence is like, I got this thing in my own thing. <laughs> it's just a funny sentence to me. And uh, I like to show people brand new music... And you show people music on your show that may have been just like from eight months ago. May I don't know, whatever it is. And it doesn't really matter as long as it's good music, but everything is new to somebody. And that's kind of what is uh, awesome about this whole crazy synthwave web that we're entangled in this that we can't seem to break free of right now i feel like there's so much to follow i can't i can't follow everything and i'm sorry that i can't get back to everybody but Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like there's just so much and i feel at some point at some point beyond drive and stuff like uh hotline miami and blade runner 2,400,006 4, there's gonna be a synthwave kind of breakthrough and we're gonna start to see the synthwave in the TV commercials for Target and we're gonna hear synthwave in uh, commercials for uh, you know, movie trailers for Indiana Jones 7 whatever the fuck it is it's gonna be like you know what I mean like oh, I, I know what you mean I feel like you're really high Mike are you high no I've never <laughs> been high in my life <laughs> I don't, I don't do drugs. I just smoke <laughs> weed. Whatever you're on, I need it. I need it right now, please. Uh, uh, you know what? We're going to listen to some Phaserland. You know, he sent me this album a while Fuck ago. Fuck yeah. About time. So I want to play this uh, this track because it's a, it's a cool one. This is uh, Phaserland uh, from his new album. Phaserlands is- with Beans Arenies. Yeah, that's right. This is uh, Excala Beans. Uh, <laughs> no, the track is called... Excalibur with an exclamation mark and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club Renton Brax and Playmaker Media and you mean Renton Beans and and Bean Maker Beans and and Matthew Lister Beans and Tristan Waits Beans and uh, Skunk Raider Beans and Colin (laughs) Bennett Beans no uh, Colin Beans you asshole oh sorry how did you miss that god damn it (laughs) All right, this is Phaserland. <laughs> Colin Beanus is going to be so pissed with you. With, uh, this is Excalibur. Happy Halloween, Colin. I'm sorry about Andy.
that was Excalibur by Phaserland. Ooh, on this uh, wonderful Halloween episode. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club, Joe Ozone, Will Lowe, and the Poly Digital. And, uh, you know, with the 808, there's IP68. You guys are all great for supporting this show, and I love you all. And I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family, Florence, Mike, Marco. I feel like the past little while has been pretty like me and Mike heavy, so I want to uh, Happy Marco. Halloween. I want to uh, Marco and Florence. Marco and Florence, you say something together. Marco and Florence have a conversation. Florence okay. is yes. really awesome. She's a very good vocalist <laughs> and she's a good friend. No, I mean like uh, uh, have a conversation with each other. Like, yeah, uh, no, talk right. to each other. Well, what's going on with you, Florence? Okay, you, no, how's the music on, production let me, let me going? This. We'll frame this. See, you it's, can't even it, let me finish. Jesus it's Christ, called, you two. It's called four, four questions. It's called four questions. Each Jesus. person asks each other four questions. You have 30 seconds to ask each other a question. And it is, there's no time about anything else. No. Yeah, I'm not oh, playing your silly game. All right, whatever. <laughs> What's going on with the music production? How's there? Is there anything, any news with your album? Maybe. I might be coming out with some something soon. Oh, anything you can divulge on the show, please? Well, we'll have a new track. Yeah, we will. Mike and I. Well, you and because, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're, do, we're doing a spooky Sweet. Halloween thing. Which oh, we're gonna awesome. perform. Can't fucking wait. Oh no, which we've performed already. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> we did the concert did already. That. Yeah, that Aww. happened. And Sorry you couldn't be there, Marco. I know. I, know. And I played a show right. and um yeah. Yeah, it cool. that that stuff happened. And Gregorio Franco's set started at twelve fifteen mm-hmm. and Florence has to get back on an airplane at six. Yep. <laughs> Because I have a show. <laughs> I had a show the next day. Yep. Yikes. Which I, I played. So does this count as one question? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> one question. I'm very, I'm very confused. Okay, Marco uh, no. asked what's happening, and I think Florence and I don't know what time we're in right now, but we did something together. Okay. Yeah. So Florence, exactly. now you get to ask Marco a question. Have you trimmed any trees lately? <laughs> no, actually, I haven't really. I mean, I just cleaned out the gutters. This is really boring talk, isn't it? But no, nah, a walnut tree, I hate the seasons here a little bit at the moment because the fucking everything just falls off the trees. There's shit everywhere. So, no, but I've been raking and Wait, clean. are the trees like, sh- like sh- shitting? Shitting, yeah, the shitting nuts everywhere. The trees are shitting? You know, like, remember that video I did? Andy saw it, the one where I was, you know, had the bucket of nuts. Well, it's the same scenario again. It dropped everything again. You had a nut bucket? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just a lot of nuts. So it dropped. It's a walnut tree. So if anyone's has a walnut tree, you know how much of a nuisance they can be. We've literally like got a carpet all on our lawn. Of anyway, whatever. Carpet and nuts. You know what we should do? What, what? I just realized because we do have to like sort of end the show uh, shortly. And I think since this is Halloween, we should do the donation of the beast. Do it. Do it. Come on. Oh, with Gregorio Franco. So here's the song, which uh, we'll be retiring at the end of the season. All right. So here is the... uh, (laughs) No. Why? It's too long. Andy, I asked you to make me a jingle, and then you and Gregorio made a song, and every time I go to play it, I'm like, this song is way too damn long. When I sent him back the final version, the only thing he sent back after like a week was, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's very long. Yeah, but see, the thing is, like, it doesn't have to be a jingle. Like, Remember you told me that like the first... 
10, 15 seconds. I recall using the word jingle, though. To, to say it doesn't have to be a jingle is an odd thing to say about a jingle. No, I'm saying... No, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you said that the first 10, 15 seconds could just be like, and this is what this is. But the first and 10 seconds you get of your song it. is a wolf howling. The song doesn't even start for like 40 seconds. <laughs> well, it's not a wolf. It's me. I'm... I'm a good howler. Look, it's a cool song. It's just yeah, I'm a good, I'm a good old, Halloween boy. The the old one was a lot more jingly, and so uh, in future we Wait, will probably. What was the first one? Oh, the first one was like. Rabbit is good. Rabbit is wise. One. Yeah, rabbit yeah, is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, rabbit yeah. is wise. Wise. That was like wise. to me. It was like typical dark wave. To me, I want to make like an ex- a dark experience rather yes. than just a dark song. And so, if you're listening to the Twister one, this that that that's gonna happen now. Your whole world is gonna be turned upside down, and you're gonna be scared. You're gonna piss your pants. Go get some Japans if you're an adult, or just tell your mommy that you piss your pants if you're a little boy. If you're listening to this on the podcast. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because it's so scary. I'd like to thank all the people who donate triple six, which is now an official Beyond Synth Patreon tier. This used to be an Easter egg that people just did because uh, they wanted to, and now it's official. So if you go to the Patreon page, triple six is right there for you. And I didn't even bother saying what the prize is because it's a joke. So look, here are the people who donate, man. The triple six: there's Dobrotech, Matthew Conway, Replicant sixty nine, Artificial, Philip Back. Luke Timmermans, Paninaro, Love Machines from Ix, Alexandro Samaras, Zayon B. Oh, there's a lot of them. Hold on. <laughs> Man, that is a nasty call. Tomas Shimanek, Street Cleaner, Power Loader, Till Wild, Orlando Rodriguez Nave, Straylight, Ross Pentland, and Zychorax. And we'll wind that down with the Polar Wildcat Studios, and that really hurt my throat. Uh, thank you guys for supporting the show. You're cool. So how about this? <laughs> Just you're cool. Um, they are cool. I'm gonna. We're gonna listen to one more track here, and then maybe we can wind this show down. So I want to listen to this track. 
by Wojciech Olszewski uh, from his album The Priests of Hiroshima. Uh, this is a dude who I want to get on the show sometime because I really like his music and it turns out that he has a, a demo scene connection I didn't realize because every time I do one of those chiptune shows I find out that there's other artists that were like they started in chiptunes. You know, it's like Mitch Murder and stuff. Um, and anyway, this song's cool. This is, I think it's called Metus, M-E-T-U-S. Would you say Metus? Sure. Metus. I think that's Metus. Metus? Metus. Well, I'm going to say Metus, but if it's Metus, I apologize. Anyways, look, it's a cool song, so let's do it up.
right, and that was Wojciech Olszewski with Metis. Uh, M-E-T-U-S. Metis? Metis. Metis? Metius? 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 Metius. Yeah, Metius, yes. Metius. And that is from, uh, that is from the album The Priests of Hiroshima. And I'm here with the Beyond Synth family on this uh, Halloween episode, and we're just winding down now. Do we have any, like, closing Halloween-y thoughts? Halloween-y thoughts? Yeah. Do you have any Halloween-y thoughts, Florence? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Halloween? <laughs> Halloween is it's a source of anxiety for me because I hate coming up with Halloween costumes. Like I can be good at it, but I it requires a lot of money and energy which I don't have. So, what do you like to dress as? Witches? Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of do that just all the time. <laughs> so, sure, that's fun. But also, like, L.A. on Halloween is, like, fucking the worst. Because it's, like, it's literally, like, a holiday because all the parties are on Halloween and you can't drive anywhere and you can't get anywhere. And it's the absolute worst. So, what's the point of doing anything on Halloween? I'd like to just stay home and do nothing. I'll party the weekend before, which I have plans to do anyway, because I'm playing a show. Oh, wait, that already happened. I already played a show. That's what I like about you. You're sensible. I like your sensibility. Do you guys have any parting, like, Halloween sentences? Um, I have one. If you're looking for The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, produced by Disney from 1950-something, you can't find it on YouTube. It's part of the thing you can buy. Blah, blah, blah. Wind of the Willows. Toad and the Frog. Fuck off. You can find it on Daily Motion. The whole thing. Just look up uh, Ichabod Crane, Sleepy Hollow, and uh, it'll get your Halloween spirits a buzz and a blaze, or a, a spooked and uh, scareded. Nice. Nice. What about you, Florence? <laughs> is that my plug? Wait, what is my plug? <laughs> no, that was it. You fucked right. up. That was it. You failed. My plug is go buy the new Gregorio Franco album and the new Betamax album because I sing on them and they're both really good anyway. So go do that. I agree. Thanks. How about you, Marco? What do I have to say? I have to say uh, nothing much. Just uh, happy Halloween, everyone. Have fun and stay safe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween, everybody. Okay, are we done? (laughs) Yes, we're done. Is that it? Oh, God. All right. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.